You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today to chat about her upcoming work. But I'm going to go ahead first and let her introduce herself and let you know where you can find her and her works online. Well, hi, I'm Deborah Lip, and um, I'm the author of 11 books, believe it or not. 11? Oh. Uh, most 11, right? And um, you can find me, my website is DebraLip.com. You can find me on Instagram or on Twitter at author. There's two P's in Lip. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Bookshop. I'm on Facebook. I'm everywhere. You can't, you can't avoid me. <laughs> 11 books I how how long have you been writing I um exactly 20 years as a matter of fact my first book was released in in 2003 wow oh my gosh that that's an incredible amount of work I'm very impressed I I mean I knew there were a lot but I did not know there were 11 thank you I mean (laughs) sometimes I'm impressed sometimes I'm like what if what is this? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. So I want to talk about sort of, we are going to focus on one book, but I do want to sort of talk about everything that you have going on because this is kind of a busy year for you. It really is. So um, I have two new books just out. Bending the Binary was released at the beginning of February. Um, Bending the Binary, the subtitle of which is uh, Polarity Magic in a Non-Binary World. And so if you're Wiccan or if you're in a lodge system or if you're in half of the occult, really, you've, you've been told that polarity is this very significant thing. And we live in a world in which um, enforcing gender norms is no longer acceptable. And so... Bending the Binary is a book that kind of threads the needle that says polarity magic is, is not a cishet normative thing that you have to toe that kind of line in order to work with this very powerful energy. The other book that I have that is brand new is The Way of Four, which is coming out at the end of this month with Cross Crow. And that is a completely revised new edition of a book that I wrote in 2004. And the way of four is all about working with the four elements in every aspect of life. I'm a little obsessed with the four elements. <laughs> and I am so excited to talk about that. First of all, because so am I. But second of all, how nice it must be to go back and revise your work. Because I think about that all the time, even from podcast episodes from 2020. I'm like, I need to fix it. I, I need to redo it because like, I, I things have changed. My feelings have changed. So how nice that you can go back and rework that. It's both nice and kind of harrowing. So the <laughs> next project, no, really, I, I may never do it again. The next project <laughs> is going to be um, The Magic of the Elements, which is which is a revision of a book I wrote in 2006 called The Way of Four Spellbook. And it's just a reconceptualization. The book was never really a spell book. It was a misnomer. That was my fault. Stupid title was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also a revision coming out with Cross Crow, I think, 
it, oh, I don't know what the timing is. I think about six weeks from now. And then at the end of the year will be the 20th anniversary edition of my first book, Elements of Ritual. Wow. So right 20th anniversary. It's that like that'll make you look in the mirror. But um, after after revising three books this year, what I feel like is thing let let the things that you planted in the ground stay in the ground and move on and create new things because I am very proud of all three of those books and I am very glad to be talking about them and to be revising them and to be bringing them forward but it's also like part of me sort of feels like well if I was writing it today I'd write a completely different book I wouldn't just (laughs) revise this one and that's 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 hard to you know, figure out what the balance is on on um, creating something that is modern and is up to date and is appropriate for today, but also honoring a book that was quite popular. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's definitely hard, but I think we all I think we're all familiar with that because we grow. It's kind of the point of witchcraft is you grow and change so much and you learn so much. And just the way that you interact with that information changes remarkably from year to year. Yeah. I look at things and I think, oh, I don't know if I would have ever written that if I sat down to do it today. (laughs) But, you know, the fun thing about The Way of Four is that nobody was writing books about the elements then. It really was the first book that was just a modern neo-pagan occult four elements. There's bunches of them. No, I agree with that completely. So let's go ahead and date myself here. Um, I read your book <laughs> when it came out um, relatively early on in my witchcraft journey, but when I was in college. <laughs> so I am familiar with that work, but that is true that there were no other, there were really no books about that at that time. Yeah, it was a really new idea. My daughter says that the thing that I'm really good at is is finding a hole in in what is available to people and filling that hole like what do you need to know as a witch um that you can't easily find out and and speaking directly to that and at the time really um one of those things was the four elements and i think there's been wonderful writing about the four elements since but i'm i'm especially um, proud of of having kind of stepped into that void. So for anyone who did not read it and is looking to check out this new updated information, what can they expect from this book? Sure, that's a great question. So the way of four is um, the four elements in magic, in life, in nature, in your body, in your home, at your job, in your romance. I really decided to look at every part of being a human being. And I started from the assumption that the four elements just touch all parts of life. And so how could we view that? What is, um, what are some meditations that you can do on the elements? Um, how do you balance yourself in the elements what are ritual expressions of the elements all of that stuff which i think you would expect 
right? I think if you if you went into the occult section of your local bookstore, if such a thing still exists, <laughs> and you saw a book on the four elements, you would definitely not be surprised to find that there are nature exercises and that there are meditations and so on. Um, but I also like to ground my magic in reality. So there are four different dates that you can go on, one for each element. And there are ways of bringing elemental energy into the job. And there are elemental perfumes. There's just all sorts of elemental home decor. Just whatever, whatever you have in your life, it can be influenced by the elements. And you can attune it to the elements in order to balance it. So like you work in an office and nobody has any fresh ideas, sounds like you need some air. How do you bring air into the office? And everything you know, comes from this approach because I really believe that, that the elements are, are the building block of so many different things in Western occultism. You don't have astrology without the elements. You don't have Kabbalah without the elements. You don't have alchemy or hermeticism or witchcraft. You don't have any of these things without four elements. So let's just assume they're everywhere. And what do you get out of that? Yeah, and I, I love elemental magic and working with the elements. And I think it's something that's very tangible that even beginners can innately understand because they're everywhere. And the magic and the energies that they're associated with are very intuitive. Like we kind of already know without having to look it up. Yeah. One of my favorite things is, is talking about all the metaphors that we use in our language um, that are elemental metaphors. Somebody is a stick in the mud. Somebody is a wet blanket. Somebody is an airhead. People say these things all the time. And if you look at what those phrases mean, they mean exactly what an occultist means when they talk about those particular elements. <laughs> That's very true. I've never thought about that, but that is so accurate. Yeah, we are because we're because they really do permeate our our understanding of of life and of magic. And one of the things, um, sort of as an aside, is that I found out is that people who were working to balance themselves were sometimes unhappy with their own internal elemental balance. Like I have too much anger, I'm too much of a hothead. So that's a lot of fire. That, that people would try to do magical work to remove or decrease that element in themselves. And that's not healthy work. What you really wanna do is bring up the other elements. Yes, that's a good point. And I, I agree with that. I think I, I'm heavy water <laughs> and I always have to remember to bring the other ones in, especially air. I, I struggle with that one. Yeah. So, so like one of the things that I, I recommend is like, yeah, sometimes I struggle with air. Sometimes I get bogged down in air. Like when I'm thinking about a problem and I'm trying to be a thoughtful, intelligent person, I, I overthink it because they don't have a natural relationship with hair. So I, I think in circles. And some of the things that you can do are just really, really simple physical things, like make sure the air out your home, like open the windows, let the, let the breeze in, 
have some relationship with actual physical air. Yeah, that's something that I need to do and <laughs> prioritize in my own house. It's tough when uh, I am in such a cold weather area, but I'm looking forward to spring is starting and I can finally open some windows because air is one of those that's, it's not as easy to see as the other three, even though it's, it's there, it's always there. <laughs> it's always there. Yeah. It's I mean, easier to ignore. Oh, I, I hate the cold weather. I don't, I don't, I mean, I live in the Northeast. I don't live in a particularly cold place, but, um, and no place has got normal weather anymore anyway. True. But like if, if even a little bit warm out, um, we'll open the windows in the back of the apartment and then just go to the other side of the apartment till we can <laughs> see, till we can stand it just to get, but the, the things that air does, like it, 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 removes the stuffiness right it brings in freshness those physical things that air does are also the things that we tend to want in ourselves when we don't have new ideas when um when we're when we're illogical right it's a lot of times when when we're not thinking logically when we're thinking emotionally it's because we're stuck well i'm very earthy so for me it's when i'm stuck like, I just want things to be the way they, they are. <laughs> That's my <laughs> earth. Right. So, so I don't, I don't, to bring in air is to bring in movement, which is another thing that, that is, that is helpful. But again, I, I have all sorts of ideas. Like you can just wear light blue every day for a week to try to bring it onto your body. Yeah. I would say that your book has a lot of great ideas that are geared towards, you know, simple everyday living and try, not trying to, you know, overcomplicate it and have these huge elaborate rituals. It really is what you can do in your daily life. Listen, I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey <laughs> and a lot of these, a lot of these books were always like, go out into the woods and, you know, be one with the trees that I, I got like four trees in my town. And, <laughs> you know, I, you, you can travel, you can do that, but I, I also want to make magic and witchcraft accessible to people where they are. Which I, you know, I not because I'm in Chicago, so <laughs> I'm in I am in the city, so uh, my access to nature is limited as well. I understand you completely, <laughs> right? And I live I I live in an apartment now, and and it's it's not that you shouldn't go out into nature. Of course you should, and when you can, that's wonderful, and that's a part of of life. I mean, forget about witchcraft. If you don't see trees for a while, you start to you know, get a little gray in your mind. Um, every once in a while, you have to leave the city, much as everything seems like it is in the city. Um, but again, there's, there's time, there's money, there's access. Not everything is available to everybody. And I do want to meet people where they are. And I, I try also to balance, you should make an effort at your witchcraft. It shouldn't just be the easiest possible thing and like no bother at all. You should be working at it, but it should be accessible to everyone. I agree with that. It should be something that you enjoy. It shouldn't be so much work and effort that it's not, you know, fun anymore. It should be a part of you. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, fun is so important. Fun is, is so important. Playfulness um, is, it keeps ritual alive. But like I do, I have definitely met people who like, if they don't have the particular ingredient of a spell around the house, then clearly they can use whatever they have around the house. And that not everything is the same as everything else, you know. Sometimes you have to make an effort. I can I can appreciate that as well. And I do enjoy making, you know, some efforts, but I also enjoy some of the I mean, they still require effort, but like some of the ideas like for the workplace that you have, for example. Like that's a very they're like very indoor office type things that you can do and oh yeah like less less effort which I appreciate because like I can't go out into the middle of nature in the middle of my work day with like all of my coworkers and I'm like sitting in an office like I need stuff that I can do there that's like easier so I appreciate those ideas that you have in there nor are your coworkers necessarily comfortable with that kind of you know with like really witchy behavior although I did in fact do a whole like banishing in an office once like really early in the morning but some other people really? also came in <laughs> it, it, this is a true story <laughs> so I worked in this office and there was this guy who was a screamer and he was very unpleasant and very negative and he screamed very very loud a lot and he quit and my friend inherited his office and she was you know moving from a cube into a nice office with a door and that was wonderful except it was full of his negativity and she took me aside and she said what can we do so i said well we kind of have to get into work early because people are gonna i'm bringing a knife <laughs> you know so um we we were not completely unseen Right. We got into work early, but we were not the only people at work early, but they weren't paying a lot of attention to us. But we did do like a nice banishing um, using myathami and some banishing pentagrams and some salt water and, um, you know, going around the office and, and pinpointing all of the open spaces where energy comes in and out and banishing each spot and she said it it made a really big difference for her I love that that's such a good idea and I mean this guy was toxic this guy was uh, you know this was not just some pleasant thing that you do because you're a witch and you you always you always consecrate things oh no this was necessary <laughs> no that's that's a great idea and never you know had anybody like that bad that I had to work with but that would absolutely make sense if I did keep that in my back pocket hopefully it never comes up yeah I hope I hope not yeah I mean and I've I've worked in offices my whole life so a lot of the work stuff in the book is definitely oriented around offices um but I did try to say you know to be inclusive to think about other work situations and work environments and stuff um I'm sure somebody will look at it and go well none of this applies to me but that's okay because hopefully one of the things when you read any book is that it sparks your own creativity. That you can look at it and go, well, this idea doesn't work for my for my job, but I see what she's getting at, and the way that I could rewrite this for myself is like that is part of part of what I'm doing when I write any of my books 
is um, I, I, I want you to run with it. I want you, the reader, to take what I've written and run with it. So whether it's a book about the four elements or it's a book about magic or it's a book about polarity, take what I've written and run with it. And speaking of, I am currently working through, I'm not done, um, but I'm currently working through, you have like the quizzes in your book. And I really, I love interactive books and I love quizzes, but listeners, if you, you know, pick this up, there are these sections of tallying up sort of your scores of, you know, seeing not just like in yourself, which elements, like how much of it you have, but like, there's also like a household section. I really like that one of tallying up sort of how many like elemental like pieces are in your home and where like ideas for like adding more. I love it. I'm like working through all of them. I love a good interactive book because I can really make it my own. Oh my God. When I wrote that book, I, people see, people used to read magazines and I realized that people don't read a lot of magazines anymore, but people used to read magazines and you would buy a magazine and you would flip to the back because there were always quizzes. <laughs> and it's it's sort of like BuzzFeed now, right? Like what what um what character from Firefly are you? You know, <laughs> or what what um what Avenger are you or what Hogwarts house are you? All of those things. Like people love quizzes. And I thought, well, this will be fun. And they're remarkably difficult to write because they're remarkably difficult to balance. Like when I was, was talking about if, if you ask people what they want and one of the options in life and one of the options is love, which is the watery option, it's very hard to weight the other three options heavy enough so that anybody will want anything but love. So, so I had to just sort of like I would give the test to everybody I knew and people at my office and people at home and, you know, my friends and my coven, everybody had to take tests all the time. And then if everybody came out watery, I would be like, oh, <laughs> let's fix that. And, <laughs> and those tests went to a lot of, I feel like those tests were um, almost scientific in how hard I worked to get them correct. I I like them. I think they're that's like the most like fun part for me. You're right. It is like taking BuzzFeed quizzes. You had like um, the style section of like being able to dress like the elements, and there's like a quiz of like <laughs> figuring out who's wearing what element. I was like, I I feel like a kid. This is so fun. It was it was meant to be fun. It was absolutely meant to be fun. I just really who doesn't love taking a quiz? Come on. No, I, I love it. It was such a good time, like filling out all the numbers. I'm like looking around in my house of like, you know, cause there's, there's certain things that you associate with the elements, like for air, for example, like books. Okay. Like I get, I get that, but then like, what else could I do? And your lists and quizzes have like sparked so many ideas of like, how can I balance these elements? Like in my room, in my house, you know, how can I add like more water to rooms that aren't the bathroom? Um, so there's like, so much inf interesting information to like make it my own. And I love that it's in quiz format. That just makes me so happy. I am so glad to have made you happy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I know I want the book to be fun. I want the people to enjoy it. I want people to feel entertained by it. You know, witchcraft isn't always the most serious thing. It's not. And I think that's a fun way to approach it because, you know, the 
elements are associated so much with different types of energy and you might want to express that in your room, but also, you know, in your clothing. And I've talked about color correspondences before and wearing certain colors that are associated with water, but you have like different fabrics and different jewelry and things. Uh, that's just like a fun way to incorporate those energies into your day where other people who aren't witches don't even know that you're doing that or that you're doing exactly. it. On exactly. Um, but exactly. you know that you're doing it. Well, you know, all, you know, that all these people that like, you can tell they're a witch from about 50 yards away. Like they yeah. are, they are wearing all of that jewelry and they smell like patchouli and they're, it's, you know, they think they're a Stevie Nicks video. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but not all of us want to live that way and not all of us express ourselves that way. And that doesn't mean we can't um, incorporate magic into our personal style. And I enjoy that. I get a bad rap um, being a Scorpio that like all I want to wear is black and <laughs> look like a traditional witch. And that's personality wise and clothing wise. That's so not me. So I really like the idea of, you know, I can incorporate these things and still be witchy, but not look exactly like that. Yeah. My favorite quote on that is from Phyllis Curat, who said, I don't wear black because I'm a witch. I wear black because I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I haven't heard that one. That's a good one. Cracks me up every time I hear her say it. It's so true. Well, do you have anything, maybe particularly out of the book or anything in general regarding these elements that you do regularly in your own practice? I mean, I know this year is incredibly busy for you, so there's probably nothing that you do regularly, <laughs> but are there any sort of spells or rituals that you like to incorporate on a semi-regular basis? Well, what I do regularly is when I'm doing really any magic, I try to balance it. So like before I do any spell, whenever I do a spell, I always um, sprinkle incense. I, there's always salt water. There's always incense so that, um, and not everybody uses incense for two elements. So I should, I should explain that some people use incense for air and a candle for fire but other people and and what i do is the unlit incense is the air and then you put it on the charcoal or you light the stick and that's the fire so that the smoke is the combination of fire and air and i like that very much because it balances with salt water which is salt for earth and water so i like the fact that the two things create four elements if you throw in a candle now, it's three things creating four elements. And I don't like that as much aesthetically. So whatever I'm doing magically, I'm always starting with my salt water and my incense so that I'm balanced, so that I'm creating wholeness because I believe that that is a sacred place to start from. So sometimes I'm, um, you know, I'm a traditional Wiccan, right? I do a full elaborate cast circle with all the bells and whistles whistles but sometimes I'm just doing a spell like my daughter is going to call me up and say mom I need help with something can you do magic for me and what am I going to do say no she's my daughter so <laughs> I'm going to do a spell on a Tuesday night right it's um it's not like I don't ha I, I gotta get up for work in the morning I don't have time to do a whole big elaborate ritual and I'm just doing a little something for myself so um 
I have a little mini altar where I'm gonna, you know, maybe I'm gonna dress a candle and, you know, say a thing and do a chant and rattle a rattle. And, you know, I'm just gonna do something pretty simple, right? But before I do that, I will balance that in the elements every time. That's that's a good way of working it. I like that. I try to do that. I don't know that I'm always successful. <laughs> I keep it on my altar. I mean, the salt water, you can't just keep it on your altar because it evaporates. Right. Um, but I mean, I keep the, uh, the, the, those four, <laughs> it's easy to have four elements available. I remember this is just a, um, a silly story, but um, years and years ago, I was at the Grand Canyon. Um, this is before Isaac Bonowitz and I got married. So we were, I think, engaged at the time, but we were sort of touring all over the country and camping out of the back of our van. And it was just, the Grand Canyon was so beautiful and it was so sacred. And the we were just so blown away by it. And the map of the Grand Canyon grounds had this non-denominational worship area. So we go there and of course there's this giant cross. All right, that wasn't what we had in mind. So kind of off to the, to the left of that though, um, is this beautiful, huge sort of rock that can be an altar. So we go into the back of the van and we just start digging around. We find a book of matches. I, we find a stick of incense. Oh, look, there's salt in our food supplies. And we get, you know, like a Dixie cup or something. We put some water in it. We have four elements. We set up an altar. Nice. <laughs> that's all you really need is once you have the four elements, you, you actually, that's the thing about the four elements is that they represent the whole universe. So once you have four elements, you have everything. And once you, you know, sit down and think about it, and I myself got a bunch of great ideas from your book, but. It, it is easier to get your hands on all four quickly than you think it might be. Yeah, in the back of our van. I mean, I mean it, yeah, they're, they're more readily accessible than you than you might think. I think sometimes we have a tendency to make it more complicated than it really needs to be. I know I am guilty of that. <laughs> yep, I like complicated ritual, but I like, I like simple also. I like, again, balance is sort of a theme. <laughs> Well, before we wrap up, I would love to ask you if you have any advice for beginners to the craft or somebody looking to grow their practice this year. Oh, what a great question. Um, so I do recommend my book, Elements of Ritual. I can't help it. I do. Um, it, really, <laughs> I, it really was the first book to walk you through the nitty gritty details of um, how and why you're doing anything in the craft. You know, before that, it just seemed like people were telling you, well, this is witchcraft and this is what it is. And there are, you know, you call the quarters and you cast the circle and there are eight holidays. And now let's read another book and it's the same content. And, you know, there's more, like, how you, do you do that? Why do you do that? What does it mean? What if you did it differently? What would that mean? So I, I am, I can toot my own horn on that one. Um, but backing away from that one particular book, um, I want to say witchcraft is ancient. It can be very simple. It can be very complex. 
there are a million right ways to do it. It doesn't mean there's no wrong way to do it. You can screw it up. And, and what I would say is, is be attentive to, to learning and growing. Don't assume you know it all. Don't assume that any other teacher knows it all. Look at books, look at sources. When you pick up a book, flip to the back. Is there a bibliography? Are there references? Or is this person just making it up? Um, the same when you, you know, listen to a podcast or look at a YouTube channel. Who is this person? Um, from, from what space, from what knowledge are they speaking? You know, because, because misinformation spreads really, really fast, as we know nowadays. And like, treasure your witchcraft and honor it and, and honor it in part by assuming that what you do matters and the quality of what you do matters. That is all very great advice. Things that I have said myself, I tell my listeners all the time, like if there's no bibliography, I don't trust it. Whatever book it is, I don't trust it. It's got to have sources. And I always say I should not be the only podcast you're listening to. There's so much information out there and so many different ways that I don't particularly practice that I've never studied. It's so important to learn from a variety of reputable sources. Yeah. And also, I mean, have, have respect for your elders. And I, I listen, I started teaching witchcraft when I was in my early twenties. I'm not saying that that young people don't know things. Young people know many, many things. Um, and I learn from young people all the time. But if every single person you're learning from is in their early 20s, uh, where is the experience coming from? Where is the, I burned myself on that stove and I'm not sticking my hand on it ever again coming <laughs> from? Like, I could tell you stories because I have been places and I have seen things and I have done it wrong many times. And that is because I am 61 years old. So I've had time to do all that. Um, so, so I'm not saying blow off young people. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying also make sure to include paying attention to elders in the craft, to people who've been around a while, to books that, might be older, that might um, be pre-internet. Like when I was revising The Way of Four, I had to remove references to cassette tapes and VHS and things like that. <laughs> and, and unplugging your landline. I mean, things that we don't really worry about anymore. <laughs> and, but don't, don't discount like older material because, because our elders have, have definitely got things to teach us. And I'm not even talking about me. I know at 61, I'm an elder, but I also know that I have elders who I respect. Great advice. I agree. Absolutely need to have some realm of experience in there. It's a good teacher. Yeah, it matters. It matters. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for being here today. I'm going to have everything linked over at whichwednesdays.com so you guys can find the book and everything and read all of you know your 11 works. <laughs> but thank you so much <laughs> for sharing all about your book and all of your works. I appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. That's everything that I have this week, listeners. I will see you next week. Need even more? 
Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.